first scripture reading comes from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. And I've titled my message, uh, uh, A Servant's Heart. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and and poured out out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. And he said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spoke of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said these under, this unto them, and they believed the scriptures and the word which Jesus had said. The word of God for the children of God. And all of God's children said, Amen. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to read the same scripture. Well, it's not the same one. I'm going to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verses 15 through 18. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. It would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves? And the scribes and the, pre- and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. Isn't it awesome how Jesus does that? He goes into a place and, and stirs up things. Kind of uh, over, overthrows their religious activities. But he was very upset. And you know, we can see this a lot today in the churches around the United States where they've, they've turned the house of God into a money-making business. Now, I, I ain't stepping on nobody's toes, but I see this over and over and over again. And it's obvious that's not what God's called us to do. I've been to some churches, and I ain't going to mention no names, but I mean, even some of my classes that I've been to, you walk in and they got a table full of books and CDs and this and and they want you to buy these books and buy these CDs. And, and I always wonder, is this really the work of God? Is God really, I, I know they're preaching God's word and I know they're doing the will of God, but are, are they supposed to be making the Lord's house a house, what, what did Jesus say? A den of thieves? That's what Jesus called it, a den of thieves. And that's why me personally, I will never, ever try to sell you something. I won't. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely you give. And that's the way I feel like the church should be. I don't see the disciples going around when they went to preach and had tables set up. Hey, 
come check out my new CDs, you know, $20 a piece. And everything's always costs more than what it should be for anything else. So they turn the house of the Lord into a den of thieves. And it's always about money. Always. You know, your best life now. You know, I mean, you hear all these stupid things that has nothing to do with the teachings of Jesus Christ and salvation. It's all about money making schemes. And, and it's pathetic. And I believe if Jesus was here today, he would say the same thing that he said right then in this book. Get the stuff out of here. You've turned the house of the Lord into the den of thieves. Is it not written that my house should be a house of prayer for all people? And, and he quotes the scripture. Is it not written? Isaiah chapter 56. Let's go there real quick. Verse 7. This is what Jesus was quoting. Even then will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings, their sacrifices shall be accepted upon my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. All people. For the homosexuals. For the thieves. For the murderers. For the drug addict. For the alcoholics. For the child molesters. My house will be a house of prayer for all people. And how can people change? How can anybody ever change unless they get to get in the house of prayer and get God in their heart and cleanse that out of them? Because we're born into sin. It comes to us naturally. We can walk away the, the, a different direction from God so easy. And yet God's love is calling us back to Him. Because He knows that we have an enemy that's out trying to destroy us. Kill, steal, and destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he does. That's what he does in people's lives. And you know how much this money gospel has turned a lot of people away from re going to that mercy and grace that Jesus is offering. It's turned me off. I've heard messages... If you don't sin, God will shut the heaven gates of heaven for you. If you don't send your money to me today, I've heard that. Has anybody else ever heard that? And it's pathetic. It's not, it's not scripture. It's not, it's not God. And then you see all these millionaire preachers. If they're so worried about the poor, why don't they do like Jesus did? Or the disciples. Give it all away. Pick up your cross and follow me. They ain't going to do that. Because they're not in it for that. They don't care less. They're in it for their pockets. Their home. They're living good. Their best life now. I'm a multi-millionaire. But I know people that are starving and going to hell, but who cares? This is truth. This is reality. I'm not into the gospel, the preaching, the money gospel. I'm not into that. And it makes me sick. I get very irritated. I, I used to, Susie and I got caught up into that. And here we was, we were sending our rent money. Our, our bill money. Because we're just going to get blessed. If you send this money now, you'll get, God will bless you and you're going to get abundance. And it's going to be, heavens will open up and pour you out a blessing you can't contain. You ever heard that scripture? And the Old Testament, yeah, they use that one a lot. Of the old covenant. Yeah, it's in there. It's the old covenant. 
our motivation for giving is because we love God. We give because we want to help people. We're not giving so we are going to get a return, like an investment. Like stock market, you know. Hey, if I invest in this, I'm going to get a big, big return. If that's your motivation, you've been duped. That's not what God's called us to. I know this is stern stuff, guys. And I know I get a lot of flack from a lot of people from it. But this, I'm just telling you what the scripture says. And it does say give. And it'll be pressed down, given to you. But do you go around bragging about it? Do you give so you can get? Or, or, or do you give to help people? To further the kingdom of God? Because God does want us to be cheerful givers. What you do openly, he will bless you. But it's got to be about more than financial things, money. Is the kingdom of God about money? Susan used to get so upset, she would cry about it. Is this how you are, Lord? Is this how you are like the rest of these preachers? I mean, really, I've seen her cry about this stuff. Because we didn't have money to give. But we did. We never got no big return on it. Our rent was late. We'd have to borrow money to pay our rent because we gave it away to some preacher that was deceiving and duping the people. And they're giving out all their money to these people and they're rich and they don't have to worry about rent because they own mansions. Is that the gospel of Jesus Christ? You've got to be the judge yourself. Each person's got to judge themselves what's right, what God's called us to. And I know this is very controversial stuff here. But what does this servant's heart look like? Let's go to Matthew 25. Verse 25, 34. Verse 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. Here's why we give. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto the one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. There's our motivation for giving. That's got to be our motivation. That's the servant's heart. Do justice. Love mercy. And walk humbly with your God. Humbly. Not all proud and boastful. Jesus has told us what he requires. To love God. Love your neighbor. As you love yourself. As Jesus has loved us. And that's the gospel. That's the good news. For God so loved us. He gave himself for us that we might live and have life with him for eternity. This ain't the final story, what this, what's going on on our planet now. This ain't it. There's going to be a new beginning. 
Jesus is going to return. He is going to set his kingdom up on this earth for a thousand years. And then forever. We'll have to go through all that stuff someday to lay it all out for everybody. But don't get me wrong. God does want you to be a cheerful giver. But be, be sure you're, you're sowing into ministries that are feeding the hungry, that are clothing the naked, that are sheltering the homeless. And that's why our church here, we need to have an outreach just like that for our community where people can go when they're broke and somebody to help them pay their rent, pay their electric bill, give them groceries. And it's not that you do it all the time, it's that you're there when they need it. Because that's what Jesus said to do. And when we're doing that, we're following Jesus. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. I actually got the whole chapter marked down, but I'm not going to read the whole chapter. But I am going to go to 31. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God, as it is, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to, to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So all of our boasting and all of our glory, and we just be thankful in the Lord. Glory in the God. Because this, the, the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. And I see that too. And I, and I believe it because I, I don't want to step on nobody's toes, but this evolution thing, <laughs> to me, that's foolishness. <laughs> it's foolishness. And I remember preaching on this, and Susie's like, Kenny, I'm just telling you what Susie told me. She says, you got to watch out what she said, because people, people are getting offended by that, because, you know, it's, because she, she didn't want me to be too harsh about it. But because there's a lot of people that teach and stuff, and this is what they're teaching. Well, it's foolishness, folks, to me. It's not the wisdom of God. 
But see, that was thrown out there to get people to go away from God. That's what this Darwin stuff is. That's to pull people away from the truth of God's word. That we are created in God's image, each one of us. Each thing is created after its own kind. And not one thing made everything. God made everything. But not one cell produced everything like evolution will try to teach you. And I'm, and I'm just saying it. Because to me, it's, it's foolishness. We're either created in God's image or you came from a fish or a monkey or whatever they want to call it. And like I was explaining to the kids today, you don't just get something from nothing without a creator. It don't happen. I mean, you think about it. I mean, it's only common sense. So here we got two things that I'm preaching on today. The foolishness of this world which they call wisdom, and this, this making the house of God to a den of thieves. And these kind of go together. But we just want to keep our focus on Jesus. Follow God. And, you know, get in the word yourself. And, and pray and ask God to show you. But don't get duped by man. Please, don't get deceived. I've been deceived too many times. And then it breaks my heart when I find out that I've been deceived. And then it makes it where you don't want to trust nobody or nothing. And I don't. I don't trust nothing but God's word. I trust in the word of the living God. To me, everything else is foolishness. And I, I don't want to debate people because I'm what, you, I'm what they call unteachable. I ain't buying it. You can tell me all day long and try to convince me I am not going to buy it. I believe in this. This is my standard. The Word of God is my standard. It's the book that I look to. To me, this book is the most important book in the world ever written. God has not left us in the darkness. The king of the universe who created all of us, he did not just say, I created you, now go figure things out. No, he created us and he lets us know who he is. He lets us know why. He lets us know that we are broken and we are sinners. And we all fall short of the glory, but he's got a plan to fix that. In his great love and mercy, he came and took care of that problem. We just put our faith in him and then we get that new beginning. It ain't that you got to do this and you got to work and you got to work this and work that you Give your life to Jesus. Let him come in your heart. And then he will start doing the work. And change your whole mindset. Change the whole way you think. Instead of being foolishness, it will be the power of God unto you for salvation and righteousness.